Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of The Sword and Shield. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, 960th COG Senior Enlisted Leader. Uh, and today with me, I have uh, the leadership team from the 23rd Combat Comm Squadron. Hi, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Pauline Hardy from the 23rd Combat Comm. And I'm uh, Chief Castillo, the self of the unit. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about talking about the 23rd Combat Comm Squadron. Uh, you guys are located out at Travis, correct? Yep, that's right. Awesome. So a lot of listeners out there, um, those that are part of the cyber wing and those that are not in the cyber wing, uh, don't understand what um, the Combat Comm Squadron is. Can you kind of uh, explain to our listeners what do you guys do at the 23rd? So uh, I'll start with that. Uh, so basically, we have the capability to deploy team of people um, to pretty much anywhere in the world, any location, um, any no matter how remote, and kind of just set up and be kind of a one-stop shop for all your communications needs. Um, and that's voice and data, phones, internet, uh, radios, um, everything you need to support is anything from a small team of people uh, all the way to standing up a whole wing and supporting a wing um, of um, people. So... Uh, that's kind of what we do. Uh, anything to add there, Chief? No, that's it. You pretty much hit it on the head. Go anywhere in, uh, in the middle of nowhere and set up some communications uh, in order to enable whatever kind of mission we got going on at that location. So when you guys get into a location, it's kind of different, right? It's not always posh. It's not always four-star hotels. You guys have to be uh, self-sufficient in some uh, cases, correct? Some austere locations? Yeah, it's, it's actually... Rarely a four-star location, um, and we've set up tents for folks. We've slept on cots. Um, we've been in some pretty rugged conditions, um, but a lot of our folks really enjoy that. <laughs> so it takes a unique type of person, but uh, we've been in a variety of different situations. Right, and one of the things I always hear about Combat Com is because of that, uh, the type of environment, because of those kind of needs, um, that uh, each unit seems to have a very tight-knit culture. Would you say that's the same of the 23rd? I'd say so. Um, I, I'd say you, you have to because uh, you can pretty much do the same thing, right? Everybody in the military gets paid according to their pay grade, not what they do so much. So uh, you got to love what, what you do because you can do the same thing at a, at a desk somewhere. And, you know, you got to love being out there and getting, getting after it. Otherwise, it, it's really not worth it. Right. Now, there's something to be said about getting a little dirty, getting a little sweaty um, and working hand in hand with uh, your fellow airmen and to make something happen. That's one thing I love about um, that expeditionary mission that you all have is that that ability to get out there and work closely and see the results daily uh, of what you do. Um, so if I wanted to be a combat commer, what AFSCs would I have to have to be in your unit? So we have <laughs> so we have all, all the traditional uh, 3Ds, you know, we have 3D1, X1, X2, X3s, 
transport RF folks, and then we have our uh, cyber operations folks, the 3DOs, and um, the cyber surety. As well as we have uh, two supply positions open. We have, uh, you know, two EOs and two E1s. We have our Power Pro and HVAC. Pretty much, uh, you know, everything that we would need to get out uh, on the mission and support ourselves. So for our logistics and for our power requirements, we have um, those AFSCs as well. Gotcha. You kind of have to have a little bit of everything, a flavor there. Uh, to make sure that you can get everything packed up, loaded up on trucks or on aircraft, and get it to where you need it quick, right? Right, and that that's where teamwork comes in. I mean, we don't train separately according to AFSC. Everyone trains together, and that's really how we foster that teamwork. Um, because, you know, when we're out there on deployments or on exercises, contingencies, you know, we really have to work together because... Uh, Setting up communications is not a one-man job. It's not uh, different parts and pieces that all come together. All those AFSCs come together to support um, our customers. So uh, we really have to work together, and we train together and um, integrate the work centers really well to foster that teamwork. Right. And being, I mean, you got to really think about it. You know, host base, we take uh, advantage or take it for granted uh, um, all the stuff that we have, right? We have voice video data all at the desktop instantaneously. Uh, and it seems seamless. And then we go and do this expeditionary piece and you guys have a very small team to do the same thing, right? Yep. That's, that's exactly correct. Um, so it does, it takes a lot of work and, um, oftentimes, you know, our folks are working 24 seven, um, behind the scenes to get those, that communication support to the customer that they don't really see. And they're out there in the field, running cable, um, working in the tent, you know, uh, working together to get that, that support out there. Right. I know. I mean, uh, being that customer support, you've got everything there that you have to handle. And, uh, when we talk about the mission sets that you guys support, I mean, we're talking about tip of the spear, um, mission sets, uh, airmen that are in uh, in contact. So it's very important for you guys to be 100% on your game every day. And uh, I was wondering if you could kind of help us run uh, our listeners through what a day in the life looks like for a 23rd uh, member. Well, it, you know, it has changed a whole lot, this COVID thing. And, you know, we, we're, we're getting back into the swing of it now. Um, on a normal basis, right now, we're kind of in, in a bit of doing a little bit of restructuring because of all the changes that we got coming down the pipeline, uh, specifically with the a, uh, AFSCs and all that. Uh, you know, but normally it'd come down and uh, we get put into, you know, whatever uh, team they're a part of, whatever work another part of, whether that be, you know, um, from the networking side or the operations side or uh, the support side. And then, you know, each each individual section has instructors. They sit down and they go over some of the concepts. We're kind of getting away from that and, and transitioning to more of a uh, mini exercise or equipment training exercise every single day of ETA. Um, and that's some, something like a, a small team, like, I don't know, four or five people here. Uh, you guys are going to do this mission today. And um, they do the mission while everybody else trains for the next time, you know, you know, they get called up 
next day or uh, the next UTA. We're try, trying to get into that battle rhythm of actually going out there and, and performing the mission because I find, uh, you know, when I, when I talk to the people that they get way more from hands-on experience than they do in the classroom. So that's why we're kind of headed that way. Uh, we want to be out there always doing something because uh, the further we are away from hands-on, uh, it, it's not good for this particular uh, type of unit. We have to be hands-on. We have to do it. We learn more from it. We get more experience. And that translates to the real world. Right. No, I, I think that that, that yeah, practice... Chief really... Go ahead, ma'am. Oh, I was just going to say, Chief really brought up a big challenge we had with the uh, past year and a half with COVID. I mean, the success of our unit really depends on getting people hands-on equipment, turning wrenches, you know, during the UTAs to take advantage of that time that we're all together. And COVID really hurt us there where we couldn't get people in the unit um, in, in person on UTAs working on the equipment. So now we're uh, dusting off the cobwebs and our next November, this November UTA, we're going to be doing our first uh, equipment training exercise and getting out there and um, actually working on the equipment. Um, in the past, we've really tried to train like we deploy and bring equipment out in the field, you know, act like you are in a deployed location and, um, pretty much setting up like you would if you were anywhere in the world. Um, we've even gone so far in the past as to say, you know, if you forgot something, you can't go back in the building and get it because you wouldn't be able to do that on a deployment. So you need to remember to bring everything that you need um, if you were to deploy to a location. So we really train like we deploy, and I think that's really important for our folks, and they really enjoy it. This isn't your typical, you know, desk job. Um, we're really out there. They're doing it. No, I, I completely understand that. I know uh, my years in expeditionary, um, that practice really makes the difference. Uh, you know, being in, in garrison or even doing small exercises close to base um, to get that repetition of getting those reps up uh, so that when you're actually in the field, um, you can get after it. Uh, you know where the parts are. You know where the pieces are. You know how uh, the equipment is going to be set. Um, and that repetition makes you a lot more comfortable. So when something does kind of slip or something does break or something uh, doesn't go exactly right, that you're prepared to walk through that process because you've done it so many times. Um, and then just from uh, a reserve perspective, you know, when we're dedicating those weekends to this mission set, being able to actually get out there and do it um, gives you that sense of accomplishment and why you are putting this uniform on every month. Um, so it sounds like that you guys are getting really good feedback from that. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Well, it was one of those things that was identified by, you know, this, uh, previous last UTA, I called everybody in the room group by group, rank by rank. And, you know, uh, separately they told the same story. Uh, you know, we want, we want hands on, we want, uh, something always to be structured around what we're actually going to be doing. Um, you know, we want to work together, that type of things, you know, and, and it was, uh, it, it, it beat the dead horse and I'm probably a lot of your, your podcasts, you know, COVID this, COVID that, COVID, you know, COVID was horrible. You know, COVID would be the worst possible thing they could have for a combat comm unit because we 100% rely on our togetherness to get this done and our camaraderie 
and all that stuff was absent during this whole time. And I would definitely say that, you know, I'm not sure about the other two combat communists, but I know we took a step back as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, we're, we're rebuilding things and, and stuff like that. Some of the unique challenges that we have out here is that we're in Silicon Valley. We have a lot of people that work in the industry. We have a lot of people that don't really need this, but they love to do it. But, you know, you keep them away from, from what, what we're doing for, you know, two years. And then they start thinking, ah, do I really need to do this? You know, I'm kind of comfortable over here. I have enough money, you know. And kind of getting some of those people back into the listen. This is why you love it. This is why you need it. This is why we do it uh, to get them kind of back on board. And that's what we're in the process of doing now. Trying to you know remind everybody, listen, this is what we were doing before, you know. And and then move the the new people who have gotten here during this horrible time. That hey, listen, this is not status quo. Uh, we're about to move in a whole other direction, you know. So I think that that. That's a huge challenge, but that uh, if, if we do this properly, it's, it's hopefully going to swing the momentum forward and uh, really help us out as far as, you know, in our unit, how we train, how, how our outlook is, our morale, everything. No, so some great stuff there, right? Um, and it kind of leads us to the next piece, right? So, you know, we get that, that excitement of coming in and doing that hands-on and being part of the team, even though, um, you know, maybe you're a civilian job, you really don't need this. The other piece that we look at is uh, the development, you know, outside from the AFSC training. Um, so what do you guys do to develop your airmen there at the 23rd? I think really just giving them that experience, uh, you know, making sure that they are trained and holding them accountable to the standards um, of the knowledge of, you know, the equipment and everything that they're supposed to know to be able to go out in the field and accomplish their job. Um, and like we already said, you know, that hands-on experience, first we put them in the classroom, train them, and then now we put that knowledge to the test. And um, I think you just really learn more when you're out there doing it and learning on the job. Do you have anything to add to that, Chief? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, put them out there to, to gain a valuable experience, but as well, um, you know, with this whole AFSC change thing, we, we kind of saw this coming quite a bit ago. And we've already started, you know, we started cross-training our people what, two, two, almost two almost two and a half years ago. Uh, we started the process. And part of that development was we took other AFSCs and put them in, in with other AFSCs. Uh, you know, our client system folks, stuff like that, we put them in there with operations, you know, and kind of see exactly how, uh, how they would perform, and we've gotten some outstanding results from some of our, um, you know, client systems folks in operations. Some have gone off to do some fantastic things, like write software for the Air Force, like big Air Force. So, um, you know, it, it, it was it was a project that we're like, listen, we're all going to have to melt into this thing. You know, uh, let's 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 see what we can do right now, and you know, and let's give these people the opportunity. You know, we've even had some of our Power Pro people, you know, try learning some of our, our, our 3D stuff, our networking, our transport. Um, and that's because they want to learn it, and we have people willing to, to teach them. So um, wow. there's cool. a whole lot of development going on, as well as professional development. And there's people who have 
you know, it's a big networking place out here. People, people have found jobs of other people here. So there's a lot of good, good stuff going on first, both, you know, uh, military and professional wise. Gotcha. No, I think that cross utilization is really good, right? Because you learn a different skill, you get comfortable in uh, multiple skills. And then of course, when you're out in the field, um, if uh, you got to fill in or help out, help out one of your airmen, you have that knowledge or at least some baseline knowledge there. So you kind of get that well-roundedness in, in a little bit closer, tight-knit team. That's awesome. Um, what What do you guys see as the future for your unit? What, what What's on the horizon for you guys? Well, I think uh, the way the world's evolving, I think we're going to see a lot more um, support requests come up with exercises, contingencies, real-world missions, um, even last-minute requests. Uh, Historically, I think there's three combat comms in the reserves. You know, I think historically they were strategically placed. We have one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, and one in the middle. And uh, historically, you know, we've supported our AORs uh, in the past where our, our region being at Travis Air Force Base, we were supporting Pacific region. Um, but I think these days it's just more of a divide and conquer. We're supporting missions all around the world, all around the country, um, so regardless of our location. So I think we're just going to see more uh, missions come up uh, and requests for combat on support. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just, uh, and then with the AFSC conversion coming up, that just provides more flexibility um, for our folks to fill in on certain quests. Okay. And you see uh, already an uptick uh, with the exercises. I know that as we've pivoted, um, from, you know, the Middle East uh, and the war on terror. Uh, do you see an uptick in those contingency exercises now with that pivot? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I, I just took command of the squadron uh, in August, and we were already at that time supporting two exercises, uh, Red Flag and Patriot Warrior, simultaneously. Um, and we are on a regular deployment cycle. So in so our ops tempo is extremely high where, you know, not only are we preparing for that uh, deployment cycle every few years um, and making sure our people and equipment are ready to deploy, but we're filling in on exercises and contingencies in the years in between, too. So it's important for us to always make sure our people are ready to go out the door at a moment's notice. Our equipment is being maintained and ready to be deployed as well. Um, so it's extremely high up-tempo in our unit. Okay, awesome. I know that uh, that, that definitely appeals to a number of uh, airmen out there. Um, I wonder if I could ask you guys a couple of personal questions. I want to know what excites you the most about your unit and your mission? <laughs> what excites me most, right? So I have never <laughs> been the type of person that just likes to sit behind the desk and type, type, you know? I know certain people do, and that's fine. I've always been very big into computer networking, and I've done pretty much every single AFS either is, um, and here at this unit as well. Uh, but I've never been the type that likes to sit behind a desk and, and kind of do that stuff. I'm kind of forced to now, you know, as a chief. Uh, <laughs> but we still kind of get out there. And, and uh, but I like touching stuff. I like being out there. You know, we have a lot of, we have a, a, a long history of that. Most of our chiefs still like to get out there in the field. Uh, because it's in us, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I like being out there in the middle of nowhere with the folks and then, uh, Hey, let's do this. Let's see if we can get this done. You know what I mean? Probably a personal challenge myself. 
whether or not I can do this. And sometimes it sucks. And I don't know what have you heard from the other ones, but I've never had a four-star experience. <laughs> I don't even think I've had a half-star experience. But uh, uh, as far as out there, you know what I mean? Some of that stuff, it sucks, but you suffer together, and, it, and you come out a, a much better team from it. Uh, you get a much better sense of relief and satisfaction when it's the nastiest, you know, and you come out on top and, and you're able to do this. It's all about the challenge. You got to have some kind of challenge. You got to have some kind of drive. You have to, you have to want to do it. You have to want to get after it. Um, you know, and that's what excites me because I, I still like doing it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure that I could, you know, do the other ones. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people like me to try. But as far as like excitement goes, that's what it is. It's, it's all about excitement, you know. And here at the twenty third, we're great. We have a great location. I have great people here, you know. I think we have a great team, uh, both you know, TR wise and full time wise. You know, I, I really couldn't. I really couldn't ask for more. Um, but yeah, that's what that, that's what that's what excites me about this unit here. I have the people and resources to do it. And I love it and the challenge that I get from it. Awesome. Chief. Yeah, I can attest to uh, Chief's excitement level when he's out there uh, talking to folks about equipment and um, field training. Um, EPR is not so much for him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Did I cut you off, Chief? No, ma'am. I was going to ask you uh, what excites you about the, the unit and the mission as well. Uh, so I can speak to the TR perspective because I am a TR commander, uh, so I, I drill one weekend a month. Um, and for me, the excitement there is I have a regular full-time job uh, during the weekdays, and, you know, it's, just, it's one of those typical uh, nine-to-five jobs. And it's mostly a desk job, so the excitement for me is actually coming to the unit and same thing, getting out there and doing something not typical that a lot of people I don't know really do, um, you know, my friends and family. And um, it's exciting to get out there and be in the field and occasionally have the chance to participate in some big missions uh, around the world. You know, we've been all over the place, um, this unit. And, uh, yeah, it excites me to be able to participate in something uh, bigger than what I think I, I do in the regular world. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I was wondering if you guys had any parting words uh, for our gladiators out there. Uh, I would just say, you know, if, if there's anyone out there who enjoys getting their hands dirty, seeing some unique places around the country, around the world, and uh, just have a strong sense of teamwork and being a part of something big, uh, you know, definitely look into our unit. We're in here in sunny California. Uh, so <laughs> definitely always on the lookout for good people. Gotcha. Awesome. Chief, anything to add? Oh, it's uh, pretty much the same, you know, same thing, you know. Uh, if you're thinking about it, uh, know that it's not always going to be great, you know. It's going to be hard, hot, you know, but if you're into that kind of stuff and you still love to do your, your job as far as, you know, um, anything, any, any 3D field, anything like that, um, 
you know, come on down. That, that's what we do. That's why I tell the recruiters, the first thing I ask when someone wants to be a part of the, like, hey, I got this person. I'm like, do they know what we do? Like, do they know what we do? You know, and I and I and I give it. I give them the real deal. And if that if that's still what they want, then I'm welcome to it. But just kind of, you know, it, it's not always great. But at the end of the day, if you're personally get satisfaction from challenge, let's do it. Awesome. Now, I really appreciate both of your time today, uh, sharing what you guys love about your unit, what your unit does. Um, it's great, and I'm hoping that uh, our listeners out there uh, learned a little bit about the 23rd today. Maybe we can find some recruits for you. Uh, I know I'm sold. I'd be out there in a heartbeat if uh, given the opportunity. But uh, I get strapped down here just as uh, just as much as you do, Chief. So uh, thank you guys again. Thank you for uh, all that you do. Uh, and gladiators out there, thank you for everything that you guys do. Thank you for uh, your sacrifices. And remember, let's get after our enemy and stab him in the face through cyberspace. Mm-hmm.